0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36 of the Frontend Happy Hour podcast. At some point or another, we all have to start a new job. It's never easy, but having a good onboarding process can make the world of a difference. In this episode, we'll be talking about our experiences with onboarding processes and talk about things that we've found helpful. Let's go around the table and give brief introductions to the episode's panelists. Augustus, you want to start it off?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Augustus Yoon.
0: I'm a front end engineer at Evernote. I'm Ryan Inklum, a software engineer at Netflix.
2: I'm Stacey London, a front end dev at Atlassian.
0: And I'm Ryan Burgess, I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. I'd also like to mention that in a future episode, we'd like to do an AMA episode where we'll be answering any questions from our listeners. So go visit frontendhappyhour.com slash AMA to leave us a message. And if your question is selected, we will put it on the episode and answer it. It can be anything from coding questions to career questions to even personal questions that you want to ask an individual on the podcast.
1: Ask Ryan embarrassing questions.
0: Yeah, you can ask me you can ask me anything. Well, hopefully it's not too bad. <laughs> in each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Setup Set up. Setup. So if any of us say the word setup up throughout the episode, we will all take a drink.
3: Does that one or two words? Does that actually count? It is one word. Well, you type it here as two words. It so. depends on
0: which program <laughs> you're writing in. I have noticed that sometimes you'll get auto corrected to two words or one word. Imagine a dash in between. A hyphenated <laughs> setup. I don't like the word front end. Front end is, do you put it as one word, two words, hyphen in between? Dash. Sorry. Absolutely
2: a dash. Yeah. There's no question.
3: I don't know. I go it. one word. I don't
0: I like one word. word. I
3: actually don't.
2: Don't like onboarding by i
0: either like two words or the dash <laughs> all right let's get started right off the hop what kind of processes do your companies have for onboarding at new hires uh so,
1: so yeah so at evernote we schedule a bunch of new hire orientations and we essentially just kind of walk through them the history of evernote and each orientation sessions it talks like a little different thing like some security basics some like how to set up we have like a standard or engineering yeah, set up already, man.
0: Oh okay. goodness, yes. no.
1: But yeah, we have a standard orientation for engineering and getting them um, bootstrapped. Didn't want to say it again with their dev environment. The onboarding process at Evernote was really hectic a year ago, and people would have to manually set up everything, and they have to set up all these config files and stuff. Cheers. But oh my goodness, <laughs> no, we chose the wrong word. But someone came in and wrote a script that just does it all for you. So it's a, so like a local MySQL database, it's a local Tomcat, everything, and just brew installs.
0: Yeah, that's helpful, actually. just having something that automatically does that. I know sometimes they'll have machine with already that's built on, like an image that they can just throw on to all the different machines as you start, which is pretty helpful. Right, right, right. Do yeah.
2: you guys use Docker at all for setting up? Sure. <laughs> oh, oh no. God, this is going to be a fun episode.
0: <laughs>
1: This gonna be a memory episode all over again. I hope not. We've been talking about Docker a lot, but we're not there yet. So yeah, we we haven't used it yet. But we we everyone is kind of like the we should use Docker and like yeah, but we haven't yet.
2: So. For last year, uh, so I'm, I'm fairly new still. I mean, five months in, but the so it's fresh in your head. It's fresh. Yeah, yeah it's fresh. Yeah. I remember it very clearly. There was the first day was sort of like a two-thirds of the day was in a room with all the other new hires because they had hired like 15 different new people from different departments and they were all in one room so that was kind of cool so you didn't you know it wasn't just like you and your team you actually got to meet some people from other areas and then just an overview with someone who's like dedicated to doing like new hire onboarding so you got a bunch of swag you got like your backpack and all the Atlassian stuff and then introductions to like benefits and just reviewing all that kind of thing which was really nice and then the the latter half of the day was meeting with your team get you got your like laptop you got set up with some things but at that point it was kind of like meet the team and then just go home like, you know relax oh, yeah. like don't worry about trying to set up your development environment and get going like the very first day.
3: Onboarding is exhausting right? It can be. Well it's also
0: nerve-wracking too is your first day on the job you're taking in all this information you want to get started you want to have a good impression it's tough. No that that it's very tiring it's probably one of the most tiring days of your job.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. I know at Netflix very similar to we have a bit of an orientation it's fairly small I wouldn't say it's like a big process but you meet with like IT and HR and same thing it's like a bunch of new hires all at once or at least a handful of people so it's not just you by yourself which is nice you get to meet new people that are joining the company it's important to like meet your team and we do usually get you. starting to set up your machine cheers that that is one thing that we do early on another thing that I thought was really cool later down the road we do have a employee like new employee college thing that's like a full day where they like walk through different things on of Netflix and I thought that was really good too because you get started for a while and then there's all these open questions that you may have but they slowly get answered during that time so I thought that was really cool another thing that you do down the road too is you actually meet with the CEO Reed Hastings. So you meet with him and get to like ask him questions, and it's a small group, maybe like 10 people that meet with him, and you get to ask him some pretty interesting questions, which I thought was really, really cool, because how many times do you actually get the opportunity to sit with the CEO of a large company and ask pretty them? pretty rare. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Does, that, does Atlassian do it?
2: No, well, I mean, I guess they could have flown me to Australia. Oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would awesome. be amazing. That would be yes. amazing. That'd be like the best onboarding ever. No, no, we didn't
1: actually we only recently started or yeah fairly recently started doing like people got to talk to chris o'neill our yeah. ceo but
3: i guess netflix has been doing that for like since
0: they've been doing it for a while ryan did yeah you, i got you to meet with me yeah, in okay. a small
3: group as well but it's changed a lot since i started Absolutely. four years ago i mean yeah. when i started it was <laughs> i think my onboarding was me and chris my manager we sat down he gave me a powerpoint that had like things you should do in your first week your first month your first day it was it was really neat how it had, you kind of had an outline like that so you kind of knew exactly what to expect for the whole first month you were on board and then you got pushed off to your onboarding buddy and he kind of walked you around and showed you everything you had meetings set up with like key business partners um, but it was very unstructured back then right it was kind of just go in and, and whatever your manager wants to do for onboarding but i think it's a little bit more structured now a new employee college was tiny for me i think there was 15 maybe 20 people in my new employee college now they have this huge huge tents outside and formal lunches set up and everything and i would say it's still
0: fairly unstructured because well i totally stole that idea from chris too is uh i love that new employees that join my team i give them a slide deck that shows you you know this is kind of what I expect in the first week this is like week two basically up to like three months these are kind of some of the things that you should think about it sets you up for success knowing oh this is what's expected of me I don't necessarily have to do this right away but these are things down the road that I'll have to do it's really nice that way to just kind of have some sort of structure so I've totally stolen that idea and I've used that many many times but I do think it's a lot a lot of it is up to the manager there's those things like new employee college and like the IT and HR orientation those are done like those are done the manager doesn't have to do that but yeah, I don't remember having an
3: IT or HR orientation.
0: I do think they started that a little more. I had a little bit of that, but not really. I've noticed it more with new people that have joined Netflix in the last little while that they've had that a little more structured. Yeah. So I think that's even kind of cool is that companies can adapt and change as they do. Like even like Gus is saying, Evernote's kind of done a little more process uh, driven even for how the devices are, or sorry, machines are set up. Set Cheers. up.
2: Cheers. Yeah, we um, had a 90 day plan thing. I think that's fairly common. Yeah. Atlassian, that your manager comes up with a 90-day plan. They sent that to me before I started, so I even knew like before I came out here, like what what was expected of me, which I thought was kind of awesome. So I could ask questions if I you know was confused about something or whatever. And and then when the first like week, it was like first few days, get your development environment going, you know, day, you know, in the next like two weeks, do some pull requests and get the go through the whole process like pick off, like they they'd filtered um, the backlog to pick, put labels on UI fixes that were kind of small, like maybe just a couple CSS lines of CSS that might actually fix this thing. So they weren't overwhelming from a technical perspective, but it gave you the opportunity to see the entire flow from beginning to end of going, something going to production.
0: I like that. That's like a lot. It's so nice. It's There's no pressure. That's not like date sensitive. No. It's very small but you actually go through the process of making the fix, committing something, getting a PR done, actually seeing it hit production and go, oh, okay, these are the steps to actually doing it. I I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah.
0: Do you think it's like, should be something that's done like really early on like you said what a week or two that you had to do that is it something like i know i've seen some companies want you doing it like in a first day
2: yeah i think first few days is like a little maybe aggressive and might especially if you don't have something like docker or some yeah tool that makes the setting up of your environment just oh geez cheers, cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> one one click or whatever it, it took me a couple days because it was individual installations and like 1200 command line things just to get going <laughs> and it was some things didn't go right and you had to ask you know your teammates for help so i feel like in the first few days is a little a little much
3: it was at least a full week before we had our dev environment set up back in the day because we are that's when we were running the full website on a local dev server i mean yep. a full java stack struts yeah, yeah um and it was just a pain to get set up cheers cheers, oh, cheers.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that was the same for us. It would take like us a week minimum to get set up. But ever since we had pets, that- yeah. oh,
2: <laughs> <there's> this word,
1: <laughs> Bootstrapped. But after this engineer named Patrick, he basically took all those CLI commands and made it a script. It takes maybe two days max, nice. um, assuming permissions are all figured out. Which I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes we've run into that issues like. Oh, oops! We forgot to give you stash access, and you spent yeah. you spend like I don't know, like an hour or two, like, like hmm, trying to log in, but wrong password or or some
0: unuseful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is always frustrating because then you think you did something wrong, and then you keep trying to debug it, and really, it was just someone forgot to add you to a certain like uh, list, list or give sure. permissions. Mm-hmm. That's actually one thing too at Netflix that I love is when we kick off a new employee. It's like I have these defaults that I can select for them. To like As they're starting, they need access to this, this, and this. And it's all taken care of for them As right when they start. Email, nice. everything's set up. It's actually set up early. Like I know I always yep. joke when people join. Like up, how email many emails like do you
3: have? 400 emails yeah. Yeah. the first day. You're like, holy shit. I
0: definitely had, I think it was about 400, 410 or something. What? And some of them are useful probably in the last like day or so. But most of it is just... Good way for you to set up a bunch of filters because you'll get a lot of like prod alerts and builds, builds, all that kind of stuff that you don't necessarily need. Well, maybe you do, but you put it in a folder that you don't have to check all the time. Stacy, you had brought up Docker. Uh, what is Docker?
2: Containerization tool, I guess. I'm probably not the best person to like fully describe it because I'm not one. I've never actually set up an environment. I've cons- I've used them. Um, I've used I've used Docker to. In my last place, they had the entire backend environment encapsulated into a Docker container, so I didn't have to manually install Postgres and uh, manually install like all the the services like Rabbit and Rabbit MQ and all these different I said setup. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You geez. said it a couple of times. You didn't wanna, but you're on a roll. you were so. on a roll. Yeah. So uh, you you basically it's just press a button, it fires it up. And then you have all these things going already for you, which is, I think it's it's really slick. And then the front end piece of it was running locally. So I had like node running my gulp scripts or whatever it was, like that was all local, not in a container, um, but all the backend stuff was containerized, which was really cool.
0: Which is nice too, because then even on your front end, like if you have node running, you're just NPM install, I'm sure, and then mm-hmm. you're, you're running, which is great.
2: Yeah, so. my current team at Bitbucket, they are, um, there is a Docker, instance to get going that's kind of a newer thing and they're and they're still iterating on it to make it better and get all the things necessary um in, into it so it's it's super easy to get someone going the front end pieces are just i think the the last kind of we need to figure that out a little bit better to to make sure that we can do development locally easily
0: mm-hmm. very cool ryan you mentioned having a buddy and i think stacy might have mentioned that too that like an onboarding buddy is that something that companies
3: should do do most companies do that do you find that useful when you start yeah i really liked having an onboarding buddy you it was someone you could lean on because i had tons of questions and even just like hey where's the bathroom right. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough yeah and for somebody that's kind of like you know I'm, I'm definitely a little bit shy and it takes me a little while to warm up to people so having a, a buddy someone that you've spent most of the day with that you're already comfortable with and warmed up to uh, makes you much much less hesitant to ask a question when you have it so you know for someone like me it was great and you know they're assigned to answer those questions (laughs) they're like that's part of your job job." yeah (laughs) wait out of curiosity how long does
1: or maybe it's like an indefinite thing but yeah because i guess for us how long is
0: what having an onboarding buddy or i guess i guess it goes with how long it's expected for you to be onboarded I don't know if we have a set timeline. That's an interesting question. I don't think we've ever said, like, you, you're oh, going to be true. with this buddy. Yeah, that's for, no, that's a good question, though.
3: Only ask me questions for the
0: first three the, days Yeah, and then, then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as you go, you start to learn, you meet other people, too, and know that there's certain people to go ask questions for, because I think that's one thing that is really tough when you're onboarding is just knowing who to ask the question to, that's because true. there's always going to be someone in the organization that knows something more than the other person, and I think it's always like, who do I go to ask this question to? And so eventually, I think you just naturally move away from just having one buddy because you start to learn and meet other people that that may have a better answer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because since intern season's kind of starting, like a lot of interns are coming into companies, like for our intern program, we have a dedicated mentor. So they always ask them questions. But I, I guess for our new hires, we don't have an onboarding buddy which actually sounds like maybe a good idea we just like kind of expect you know the team is always you should feel comfortable asking anyone on the team but i think make like really good points like especially on your first day yeah it can be really intimidating to like and you don't you don't even know who to ask
2: yeah i think it's important to give yeah just have that one person you know is like available to you because like if if you if you don't get assigned anybody and like you look around and everybody's got their headphones on coding away it's like um, <laughs> just tap who, them
3: on the shoulder. Who should I
2: interrupt? Yeah.
3: <laughs> slack slack slack. Which person is the least likely to bite my head off if I interrupt? <laughs> my on? I mean, seriously, no one should be an asshole. <laughs> at right. 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 <laughs> probably not good. <laughs> we are engineers. So we're very known for being very friendly and welcoming, aren't we? I was thought so, no?
0: <laughs> what about uh, companies providing documentation? Is that something that most of your companies do? Do they have like a large repo or like a readme, some sort of documentation, whether it be getting the dev environment put together or, yeah. Clutch, those nice. clutch. <laughs> or just even understanding like org charts and things like that. Is that something that's provided to you? Yeah, actually for us, we just
1: started doing this where we have like this gigantic, kind of package that you come when you um, come in and it just has links to everything. Like here are all the builds, like links here, the, all the repo links. And this is all this like permissions and information that you have or you need. And so, yeah, that's all provided at least for us. And we also charge of that too, like owning that. uh, So actually we have an awesome engineer, Santiago who just kind of owned it. He was like, we need to fix this. And he's, and he worked with um, our VP of engineering to kind of get that set up. But it's kind of... Oh, well, he worked with HR
0: to kind of get that all set up. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's... It's nice seeing someone champion that, though, too. Exactly. Especially at a startup. You're not always going to have every process set up right away. Cheers.
2: Cheers. For uh, Atlassian or like, and Bitbucket, I'm sure each like product is different at Atlassian. But um, for Bitbucket, there was... So Confluence product at Atlassian document. Obviously, all the you need things. to use Confluence. You gotta yeah. use Confluence, right? So there's like uh, copious amounts of documentation, almost like overwhelming amounts of documentation, which is which is cool in some respects and other respects. You're like, I can't find anything. I don't there's like 700 pages, but there was a developer setup guide that every time a new cheers you know, cheers,
3: <laughs> <laughs> which is a great word. You're going real hard this time. Yeah, Hard
2: Cider. <laughs> so there's the developer setup guide. My
3: uh, highlight feels inadequate next to your Hard Cider bottle. <laughs>
2: Um And then from that guide, there was links to, like, like, kind of similar to what you were saying, like links to the, each build environment, links to how to test, how to do all the things. So that was fairly well done. And then each new person that started, so like when I started, I went through it. it had, no one had gone through it in several months so there were some things that were a little bit out of date that mm-hmm. didn't get updated. So that I, you know, maybe ran, I might've run into an issue and then I updated it right then and there too. So it kind of keeps it, keeps it going.
0: I think that's actually a good one too, is find, having the new person update the documentation because that's the tough thing is how do you keep it up to date? Well, the next person that looks at it, if something's wrong, fix it.
3: Yep.
1: Yeah, and
0: surprisingly that happens that would be a great amount. onboarding
3: task like find something that's out of date and the documentation it'd be so easy documentation is always out of date it's never good that's the worst part about documentation it's like yeah immediately out of date
2: yeah did you guys did you guys have like a internal i don't know we covered, or Wiki we did, or? You, you covered
3: basically all of it with confluence right we just had a ton of confluence like i think we've done a good job of consolidating it now for like the we have a go link that Just for stuff specific to our team where you can go find all the stuff relevant now, which is really helpful. I I use it all the time still even. The other thing that's super helpful on Netflix when you get started is we have a a page of just acronyms because there's so many acronyms. And the first day you get thrown so many things and you have no freaking clue what anyone's talking about. Um, so you go back and look at this go acronyms page and it's I mean, it's huge.
0: Oh, it's huge. And it is so useful. I know my first like couple weeks are I spent a lot of time on there because also at Netflix, I know this is like one thing that said a lot is when you start, they'll be like, just ask questions like if you don't understand something in a meeting interrupt, ask the question, like, because, you know, especially if it's an acronym or a project name, we have a lot of code names. So not everyone's going to know it. But I think that's really difficult to expect people to do that as a new employee. Because even Ryan, you said you're like a little nervous at the start. You're take some time to warm up to people to ask those questions. So even though everyone's like, no, no, just ask questions and I'm guilty for it. I say it all the time. I'm like, make sure you interrupt, speak up in, you know, like say what's that and ask questions. I think that's really tough to do. So I think having some place that you can at least go to write down that acronym and go quickly look it up after and go oh that's what
3: that means and that gives people confidence to ask questions right if you actually know a little bit of context what you're talking about exactly you don't feel stupid asking what one little term is and yeah that
0: makes sense we're gonna steal that idea i'm gonna champion this like because actually yeah well well i know we yeah we have so many acronyms that it's just a nightmare to remember them all. Well, oh, it's even hard once you're there, too. There's times when I'm like, what does that acronym mean again? And I have totally gone and looked it up again. So it, it is tough. <laughs> yeah, like that. You can put it in Evernote. You could have Heck a notebook yeah. for onboarding or something.
1: Yeah, like. actually, we do. I, I forgot that since you mentioned Confluence. But yeah, we do I just have like an Evernote notebook where it's like onboarding. Which makes
0: sense. <laughs>
2: yeah. One of the uh, the other pieces to the, the onboarding was on the 90 day plan. It was like, uh, you know, go, go find this person. Set up a meeting with them and have them review X. And it was like, meet with the product manager, have them review the product. You meet with um, someone from DevOps to have them explain the infrastructure to you. And each like person that you met with, like some of them had predefined stuff because they do it all the time. So to have like diagrams and you know a deck to like go through with you other people just like would go through like ad hoc you know what they know about a particular thing but i thought that was kind of awesome to get names because like you start and you've like there's so many that's people that's true yeah and like who do i ask who do, who is anybody you know there's just a ton of new names and new faces so i thought that was cool to, like go talk to x person x and have them explain their their it, role to you and what they do yeah it
1: definitely feels feels a lot more personal rather than just being here's an orientation session, yeah. and then whoever whoever it is available, because yeah, that's I might steal that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, maybe it doesn't scale once like the team gets really big. It might be tough for like that's that one person to be like bothered over and over and over again to like do setup stuff. But I mean, the team is small, I think that's
0: no yeah yeah i think it's actually that's something that we've done all the time too we'll have people listed out even in that doc that we were talking about or that presentation it's like expected in your first three months or whatever to go and meet with certain people that you'll actually be working with not just your team but maybe it's product managers maybe it's designers and actually meet with them and kind of understand what they do and they can answer some questions i know one thing i always do with new hires too is On a whiteboard draw out the org chart for like ui engineering yes because i think that's really important to really understand how does my organization actually look what does it look like who what is the reporting structure who do i go to for what like if it's talking about something for the ios app who do i go talk to so i try and build out a bit of an org structure to at least show them that within the first couple weeks i don't think it's mandatory on the first day or something like that
2: pictures i think are really helpful too there's not enough diagrams and pictures like being a visual person when when someone describes like the development environment or how things get deployed or whatever like i have a hard time wrapping my head around anything that doesn't have like pictures and flows and how this all fits together so i think maybe not all people need that but i think that's really helpful to have like diagrams that you can show people how things fit together
0: i like that how long should an onboarding process be How long should we take time before we're contributing back to the code base? At least for us, we actually try to get people like contributing as fast as possible,
1: whether that's like the, and like, we just make them kind of do like the smallest thing. Actually, one thing we're starting to do now is like, so they get comfortable with Git and committing to the code base. We just have them update documentation and granted so we actually have an intern who started and i just had her like delete some white spaces or something but it's like a really like trivial way that's not like really harmful but it gets them kind of started seeing the actual flow to contribute exactly exactly
0: of what happens when you like push and like how it builds out and stuff. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It doesn't have to be something major, but I think it goes back to Stacy's point of just getting something out there to really see what it does. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And to actually see that development process. How long does each of your development environment setups take at your company's? Cheers.
2: Cheers. Cheers. I think I talked about it a bit already, but yeah, a few days, I think was what it took me to get going. And then... With a Docker setup, it should just be pretty much a day. Some people got set up faster. I mean, it depends on what your familiarity is. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not Postgres wizard or Python wizard or Django. Like, those things are not, like... I don't have specialties in those areas so like when something did go wrong i was like i don't know (laughs) whereas other people on the team came on the team maybe with that skill set and
3: they set that up all the time and they're a little more used to that environment yeah Yeah. exactly when we went to node our setup time has gone way down i think we can get someone set up in a matter of a couple hours if it takes more than an hour i think it worries me when it's over an hour and we have run into those issues i've helped enough people
0: get set up on it cheers (laughs) So we've started kind of breaking things out, but we still kind
1: of have this monolith repo. So you have to kind of set up the whole thing if you want to like get any things working. So that's something that we've been trying to tackle. But so I I know
3: these days you are experienced you yeah. talk about It's so nice when we went to microservices. Now we just load up this tiny little node app and
0: yeah, no it's huge and you're only worried about if there's something not working, it's this one little thing and you you kind of so that can be a pain sometimes trying to find which Microservice isn't working, but usually it throws it. Yeah, if it's not working for a new person, it's usually not working for everybody, and someone's on it. Exactly. Someone else will fix it. Someone else's problem, not the newbie's problem at that point, which is good.
2: Yeah, I think our, our process will get easier too once we're away from that kind of big, big yeah, monorepo yeah. of like. All the things are oh, required thanks. before you can even do a CSS change. And you're like, ah, I just.
0: <laughs> you're like, I just want a CSS change. I should not need all this backend services <laughs> yeah. running. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: and we're and we're getting there. Like it's we're moving towards like a single page app architecture, and there's the new bitbucket flavor that is just you know npm install done kind oh, of. That's so nice, which will be nice.
1: To, and to clarify, I, when I speak, I speak about my team. There might be other teams. That oh, I absolutely! Be, yeah, oh, this, so, that's the hard you know, thing. Is I'm imagining like someone from Evernote is like, is
0: like, what the? Fuck? They're <laughs> like, like the my, my my <laughs> build is completely different yeah, than yeah. Oh, this guy. Oh, i just kidding. We've talked a lot about positive things for starting a new job and what a good onboarding process should be. Does anybody have any onboarding horror stories or even success stories that they would like to share? But I'm I'm really interested in the horror stories. Have you guys read that Reddit thing that happened very recently, like
1: a few days ago? No. So apparently this person like went to CS Career Questions subreddit and talked about how uh, he just got fired on his first day um, because he deleted all the production data. At a startup, <laughs> and he was talking. He was looking for legal advice or like advice in general of like, "Am I screwed? What do I do?" So basically, what happened was in this onboarding document, which is extremely questionable. It had like some information on how to set up your local dev environment. RM
2: dash RM. Or, or no. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's
1: <laughs> uh, to clarify local dev environment, but also in the documentation there was something about how to set up like to connect to the production level database whatever and part of the setup process is to inject like fake data into your local database but he was pointing at the production one, oh my and for some reason he has access i don't know why but he injected his and the, i guess the way the script works is like let's drop everything <laughs> and inject the fake data and so yeah i i, I can actually add it as a link to yeah, this brought, oh. because it blew up and and naturally the You know, a lot of people. Thank goodness, they commented and said, "Hey, listen, like this isn't your fault." Complete. Like I mean, sure you cleared the database, but why is on the onboarding document like production? Why do you have access to? Why do you you have access to do that? Or why
0: is there not fail-safe measures? (laughs) The very first line of that script should be like, "If we're not doing this in prod, yeah, yeah." Why are you talking about production and also injecting something in a? test environments it just seems weird that the documentation is putting that together this it's poor person yeah poor yeah i he <laughs> that's on the company like yeah yeah i i can't wait for you guys to read it's it's like his
1: just reading it he sounded devastated he's like i don't know what i'm going to do like i'm this is my first i think it was an internship or oh, man. i can't i can't yeah. even remember but
2: what also, a bad company to fire like especially if it's do. an internship like do.
1: yeah he said what he said was do. the
0: cto was just like just don't come back and legal might talk to you. The messed up thing is, is how many people have screwed something up in production? Like I have, Mm -hmm. it it happens. Like, you know you try not to do it but it totally happens we yes. make mistakes we're human mm-hmm. and that sucks that it was on his first day but that doesn't mean that it's gonna be that every single day yes if you continually to make those same mistakes over and over again okay well maybe let someone go at that point but one mistake no. that's yeah. that's terrible yeah.
2: Oh, poor person.
0: Also, the company needs to have <laughs> ways to prevent that from happening. Oh, yeah. Or, like, back up or,
2: totally. you know, right? Like,
0: yeah. some
1: fail-safe. Yeah, I, I don't know too much of the after story, because I read that, I was like, whew, I'm done with the internet
0: today, but <laughs> in case that happens. I'm so glad that's not me. <laughs> Any other horror stories that people have personally to them? You don't have to mention the company or anything,
3: but... <laughs> so, when I worked with Stacy back in Wisconsin, um, in my first week there, I met someone that was so the company was very structured and they had a very um, a lot of red tape and a lot of um, levels of management there and so one of the I guess an upper level architect came up to me in I think it was like my first week and I had no clue what I was doing and I was looking at putting in I forgot what I was trying to do I think I was trying to put in some a warning banner or something for I, I, one specific situation this guy came up to me and he's like No, you're doing it wrong. Like I didn't even meet this guy before. That was the first thing he said to me. He's like, "I want this huge red banner on top of the page. It should take up the top (laughs) thirty half of the user screen." And there's no way to get rid of it. I was like, "Who are you?" And he was just so dogmatic about this, and there was no changing his mind. And it was like the worst. This, This left the worst taste in my mouth after meeting this person. I never wanted to work with them again. And I was like. I wonder if everybody in the company's like this. Like, is this going to happen all the time now?
2: First impressions are so yeah, important. Yeah, no, that's a great
3: point.
0: Yeah, because you're, you're setting up someone scared to go ask that person now a question. I think that's good advice too, is like remembering that when you are at a company, which, you know, we're even Stacey, you're fairly new at Atlassian, but you're now been there for a while. And so when there's new employees coming on, it's like, it's good to remember that, Hey, I started out somewhere too. Like helping people is a good thing. Don't treat them like shit. Yes. Just because they're new and don't know something. We all had to start there. I still sometimes at Netflix find I'm like, I did not know that. And like, I learn things all the time, which I love. But it, you have to feel that humility a bit too, is like these people are starting
3: out too. Well, the, the first impression I got then, right, was that I have all these opinions and I have a lot of ideas to make this product better, but
2: no one it, wants to hear now you're scared that. to share if they're it. You're just going to.
3: Yeah, just give me I told you so answers. And it, I was getting nothing more than that's the way I want it. I told you so. And I you know, ask, well, why? Is there, is there a better way? Can we think this through? Can we talk? And no, this is how I want it. This is how it has to be done. Yeah. And I mean, the first week in, in a place, and I was like, all right, I'm not sure what I can contribute here, you know? Because, you know, I don't want to just, no one just wants to sit there and sling code and do whatever exactly they're told. Because we, I mean, we've done this before. We've been through this and we want to have, we have opinions. We have ways we think we make products better. And if that's not valued right off the bat. Yeah. Your voice should setting be heard a very, too. Very, very bad precedent. Right. Yeah.
2: I think it's really important, like within the first few weeks to always ask someone who's new, what can we have done better? Is mm-hmm. there anything that you're still confused about to like check in? And it doesn't even have to be the manager. It's just like, I'll go out of my way to do that with new people. Cause I remember what it was like to be new and it's like yeah. intimidating. So just be like, Hey, you know, um, is there anything we can do better? Are you confused about anything still? Can we, you know, can I show you something um, that you've been wanting to ask but haven't haven't yet? That kind of thing.
0: Even when we have new people start, we'll ask them feedback on, you know, how is the onboarding process mm-hmm. or, You know, what would you change? Because it's important is they're just going through that fresh and they'll have opinions or hopefully have opinions. If there's something wrong, share it. That's great.
2: Like someone should have checked in with you to be like, you know, how are you feeling about your first few week experience? And I'm sure did anybody ever like check in with you to be like, can we do anything better?
3: No, I don't think that was in the company's um, (laughs) charter to ask (laughs) ask employees, what can we do better? (laughs) Yeah,
2: One of the jobs, uh, several jobs back where, my first few days, I didn't have a laptop or a computer of any sort. Whoa, whoa, how do you how do you do your job as a software engineer with no laptop? It's like I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what am I gonna do? They're like, well, there's some documentation that you can we can print out <laughs> that you can read. And I was like, well, how do I not have a computer my first day?
0: That is okay. That is the most important thing. You do need a computer your first day. That's important. Yep, so how long did it take to actually get one? It was two days. That's so long. <laughs> what are you supposed to write your code on a whiteboard or on paper?
2: Thankfully, they were pretty laid back. There was no like, why haven't you contributed any code yet? But it's in my moleskin. I wrote it from, I wrote I hand wrote it in my moleskin.
0: Take a photo of it and then upload it somewhere. There you go. That's awesome. (laughs) Before we end the episode, is there any advice that you would give to someone starting a new job or maybe it is advice. Like we talked briefly about people who already are working at the company that can maybe make it easier on someone starting uh, the new job. What are some advice that you would give to our listeners?
3: So I would say my advice would be to people that have already been at the company and that are, you know, have new people onboarding is just remember that you were once in that situation and you had lots of questions and you were confused. So you know reach out to new people and ask them if they have any questions how they're doing or, you know just go out of your way to say hi to them and make them feel welcome if you can mm-hmm. because i'm
1: mentoring an intern she was kind of telling me some of the onboarding feedback and one thing that i heavily recommend is consider doing like a pair programming session especially yeah it, it was like super invaluable for her because uh she was struggling even she didn't know how to do debugging in the chrome console because she comes from a java like kind of so she's like i know how to do it in eclipse but i don't know how to do it And i was like oh, i'll show you and it's like, she's like oh my god i was like how are you debugging before this i was just like you know console logging and it's
0: like oh paired programming is really cool even just when you've been really experienced like you're talking even an intern doing that but like even just looking at other engineers on how they do things mm-hmm. you learn so much. yeah i'll sit with someone and go Oh wow, that's a faster way of doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no. it. yeah. It's you learn a lot of cool tricks by watching someone code. Exactly, exactly.
1: So, yeah, th- I heavily recommend that. And I also really like. I think um, you brought it up, Stacey, uh, Just having um, an onboarding follow up, like, what did you like about this? What did you not? And you know, just do that, and you can constantly make the onboarding process better.
0: As someone who's joining a new company, I always recommend. Like we talked about them meeting with different people, but I think a good question for everyone when you're meeting with them is how do I work with you? Like what is, you know, what does that look like? What are things that you need from me to really understand what their expectations of you you are early on? I think that's really important too because everyone's gonna expect certain things from you, but if you don't really get that upfront, you may not deliver properly. It's it's really good to just ask that question right up front and really understand that. So I think that's always an important question to just ask people that you work with. What do you expect of me? How do we work together?
2: I think uh, sort of similar to that. Like, what do you expect of me? Also, like, what do you, ex- like, tell me about the process that you have for developing software here and why is it like it is? Because sometimes you come from somewhere else and you have a like a way that you like to do things or a way that you think is, be- you know, a very efficient way to do things. Um, and the new place is different, but maybe it's different on purpose. So instead of just being like, "I don't think we should do it this way," like maybe there is a reason. And the, getting that history from like new coworkers is really interesting to me. Like, why is the process the way that it is?
0: Historical stuff is the best of yeah. really understanding why did we do it this way? Because then you'll at least understand that. Because some things don't make sense until you really get that historical data.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: As we wrap up today's episode, we like to share picks of things that we have found interesting or th- like to share with our listeners. Let's go around the table and share our picks for today's episode. Augustus, you may as well start it off. Okay. Yeah, so I have two picks. One
1: is um, the stream called StockStream. Are you guys familiar with Twitch Plays Pokemon? No? Twitch
2: in general, but not.
1: So okay, so basically back in the day, well, Twitch has like an API, and so you can like crawl like commands, chat commands, and so what this guy did was like, hey, let's stream a game, take the chat people are saying as commands, and then we'll make it do something in the game. And so they actually were able to have like people on Twitch play Pokemon, and they beat the game, and like they did like this really. Clever thing where it's like people vote on what move to do and I'll just do that move one by one and it's all through an API Yeah, yeah It's all through an API or like they have like a bot that hosts and like will like crawl all the chat commands that comes in like this minute and then like says okay This is the command that everyone voted on and then it will do that command and it took like I think like a couple weeks or a month or something But they eventually beat Pokemon so that was pretty cool But so what this is this guy was like hmm. That's pretty clever. So he basically put $50,000 and it's having people vote on what stock to buy. And so he's been running it for a couple days now. Um, so it's pretty interesting. I'm not sure how it's going to go, but he invested 50000 bucks. So we'll, we'll
0: that'll see. be interesting we'll to see. 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 Yeah, yeah.
1: He was like saying, like, yeah, you know, um, hopefully I just don't lose it all, but we'll see what happens. O- open source stock. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but so that's cool. So check that out if you're interested. Um, my second pick is this thing called Scrimba. Uh, basically, it's. Uh, it, it it's an interactive screencast to for teaching coding. And um, I think the way the person did it was he has like a guy voicing over and you actually see like what he's typing and he has like a little preview image of what they're building in real time. So I think it's like a pretty interesting way of like teaching
0: like people coding over the web and stuff. Interesting. That's cool.
3: Ryan, what do you have for us? Uh, so my first pick is a playlist on Spotify for Sam Helt's, Felt's house party. Uh, it's just a great mix. Listen to what you're coding or doing work around the house or whatever. Uh, so that's my first pick. And my second pick is a blog post on the Yarn blog about yarn determinism. And there are some really interesting nuggets in there. Uh, one of them that I found really interesting was... Uh, you can get different versions of all of your packages based on what version of Yarn you're running. So if different members on your team are actually running different versions, things might resolve differently.
2: That hit us this week. And I actually like started updating our documentation for everybody to like <laughs> lock onto a particular version of Yarn because people were like, I didn't even change anything in the yarn lock file yeah. is different when I run yarn and I was like,
3: yeah, because they hoist differently, different versions or something like that. Very cool. Stacy, oh. what do you have for us?
2: Two picks. Let's see. So the first one is a medium blog post called a unified styling language by Mark Dalglesh. I really don't know how to pronounce his last name, but that's a tough one. I, I thought it was a really great post about the state of CSS and why CSS and JavaScript maybe can make sense for the for many reasons and i think it's just a really well done blog post i still get those like that like teeth quench like css i'm a javascript kind of (laughs) kind of reaction so i i just i thought it was a really well done article um so check that out and then the other pick is outgoing society by shed just a he's like a german techno producer um, the music, I would describe it as lush, atmospheric techno with maybe a twinge of dub. Nice. <laughs> that's very
0: descriptive. <laughs> You've just made a new genre of techno. <laughs> All right. So for my first pick, I have an interesting new podcast that's put together by Reed Hoffman, who's the co-founder of LinkedIn. It's called Masters of Scale. It's an interesting podcast because they interview a lot of people in Silicon Valley and talk about growing a startup. So in some of the past episodes, he's spoken with like Sheryl Sandberg, Mark Zuckerberg. I think there's a few other ones. Like there's only a few episodes so far, but so far it's really, really interesting and in hearing them talk about their stories and where they've come from and how they've built these companies. Um, so I, I highly recommend checking that and listening to Masters of Scale. My second pick is a San Francisco-specific weather app. If anyone's visited San Francisco or lives in San Francisco, they'll completely understand why this is a useful app. But the app is called Mr. Chili, and it... Plots out all the different areas of temperature because San Francisco has so many little micro temperatures. You can be in one area of the city and it's like really warm out, and the other is like clouded over and super windy and very cold. So, this app just nicely lays all the different temperatures out by the areas in San Francisco. So, definitely a really cool one. It's really nicely done, simple. It's I like beautiful. it. That's yeah. Great there's not much to it it really is like you can swipe between the hours of the day and it will change throughout but that's about it you don't do much else you just see the areas of the map and that's it and the temperatures
3: i like it yeah it's insane coming up here from the south bay i think the temperature changed almost 20 degrees today i'm sure 85 yeah. degrees down in my house yeah and what is it today like probably like 60 like, or 60s yeah. when i got here
0: before we end the episode let's go around the table and let people know where they can get in touch with you augustus
1: uh yeah, you can reach me at Augberto, A U G B U R T O. Tweet me dogs because that's what Jem says,
3: but I'll I'll say <laughs> it too, you know. Because I'm actually I actually like dogs too. So <laughs> Ryan. I'm bittersweet Ryan on Twitter, GitHub.
0: Cool. Stacy.
2: Stacy Londoner on Twitter.
0: And I'm Burgess D. Ryan on Twitter. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FrontendHH. We also have Facebook. Check us out on there. And don't forget to ask us some questions for our AMA episode at FrontendHappyHour.com slash AMA. Any last words for this episode other than setting up your machines?
3: Cheers. I think one of the onboarding things we should kind of make up is put everyone in the room with a bunch of Nutrigrain bars and just let them go crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Someday we'll explain this in, in, in <laughs> joke just to the world. Just keep it going, else someone <laughs> figures it out.